Hello, everyone, and welcome to our panel podcast entitled US Elections, the Aftermath. Today is the 9th of November, and I have with me Remy Lambert, Seamus Lyons, Niall McDonnell, and Asim Kadri. Well, the results are finally in, and Joe Biden, it seems, will be the 46th president of the United States. Financial markets had steadily discounted a Biden victory over the last few months, and that reality is now before us. But the so-called blue wave, with the Democrats controlling all three houses of Congress, has so far proved out of reach. Biden has become the president, but political gridlock could now stand in the way of his plans for the US economy. Our panel today will consider what had been baked into market expectations and weigh that against the results that we have now. And crucially, where will markets go from here? Remy, could I ask you to paint the backdrop of market expectations leading into these elections? Hello, Lorna. Biden's clear lead in the polls have been converted into an election victory this weekend. Markets have become convinced of his win and the adoption of an important fiscal stimulus package. This boosted the equity markets, given the anticipation of such a support. But stimulus on that scale will also have boosted economic growth more generally, meeting potential higher interest rates. In this context, U.S. government bond yields should move higher with bond prices falling. It was known and it is known as the reflation trade. Since the results have been coming in, equity markets have shown a positive reaction to the Democrats' failure, for the time being, to take control of the Senate. The reason is a divided U.S. Congress puts a check on the more radical aspects of the Democrats' platform on regulation and tax. In some senses, that could spell a win, a win for equities. Thank you for that. Seamus, we saw rising volatility levels in the U.S. markets in the run-up to the election. Indeed, Lorna. So investors had begun to get quite nervous in the week leading up to the election, and you saw a large spike in volatility to above 40 on the on the VIX index. But uh, then as the election outcome became more apparent on Tuesday evening, early Wednesday, market volatility levels dropped off significantly, which was supported by a very positive market reaction to the election outcome. So could you describe initial reactions as the results came in? Sure. So um, the market reaction, one would have to say this was broadly well received by, by investors, the election outcome. Uh, in some ways, this is a little surprising, given that in the lead up to the election, the market was, was worried by a contested election or that the so-called blue wave may not play out with the Democrats taking the Senate. But actually, markets seemed very comfortable when the election outcome became more apparent to look through the short term noise and even the election fraud allegations that were being thrown around by Trump. And they, they focused on what the world would look like under Biden administration, who would be working with a divided Congress. And for the most part, markets seem to like this outcome, the so-called Goldilocks scenario, as mentioned by some. So simply put, they, they see it as more of the same. Biden will not be able to push through some of his more left-leaning tax increases and regulatory reforms. And this is why we saw a large rally in, uh, in large cap growth stocks, so like the Nasdaq 100 was up almost 10% on the week. Then we also saw an unwinding of the reflation trade as the large fiscal package is now most likely off the table. So cyclicals and domestic names, they lagged over the week. We had a US Federal Reserve meeting last week and they kept a fairly low profile. What do you see as their options from here? I actually see continuing the theme of more of the same because the spotlight now will be once again back on the Fed. With any fiscal package likely to be on a smaller scale than under a Democrat-controlled Congress, the Fed will be looked towards now, once again, to provide further monetary stimulus 
to uh, support the economic recovery. And this played out in markets as well last week with the dollar falling the most in a week since March, as investors now expect more easing and more dollar-denting fiscal stimulus. So turning to you now, this new reality of a possibly constrained Democrat president, was that reflected in Treasury bond markets? Yeah, we've seen a reversal of the upward trajectory that has been prevalent in US Treasury bond yields in the weeks leading up to the election. So as it became clear that it was not, we were not going to have a blue wave and we, the Senate was going to likely remain in Republican hands, we've seen a strong rally in US government bond yields. So bond prices rising in value and pushing down interest rates. So do you think it's likely then that the Fed will maintain a lower for even longer interest rate policy as the stimulus package doesn't appear to be coming through, certainly not in a scale that we thought it would? Well, I think that's what the market is is telling us. Um, with the fiscal with fi- the fiscal expansion program that Biden had planned, the market was certainly pricing in higher yields in the lo- in the in the longer term. But if if we don't get this widespread fiscal expansion and the massive increase in supply that will be needed in the U.S. Treasury markets, it appears that we are going to have um, a lower uh, interest rate trajectory in the near term. Right, Asim. Could you give us your thoughts on how the new president might impact relations with the US's most important trading partner, and that is China? Hi, Lorna. So firstly, what I would say is that regardless of what the election outcome may have been, I would have expected US-China tensions to remain present over the coming years. So both Trump and Biden were keen to stress their tough stance on China throughout their election campaigns, which is unsurprising given public opinion of China is at an all-time low in the US at the moment in the wake of COVID-19. When you add to that China's drive to play a larger role globally from both a political and economic standpoint, which could be to the detriment of the US, it's fairly evident in my eyes that relations between the two countries will remain fractious moving forward and the decoupling will probably continue. So how would a Biden administration be characterised with regard to China? Yeah, so I think the way the relationship is managed will likely be different under Biden compared to the last four years. Under a Biden administration, we may see the return to relations being more diplomatic, with disagreements being kept behind closed doors rather than spilling out onto social media. And I also expect there to be a normalisation in anti-China sentiment from the US rather than sudden spikes. I also think it's reasonable to expect Biden to favour more of a multilateral approach to negotiations rather than just aggressively using tariffs. And that should lead to foreign trade policy being more predictable. That could help remove the risk premium that has been embedded in some emerging market assets that have been vulnerable to the risk of unpredictable trade policy over the last four years. So potentially easing the volatility we've seen earlier. Seamus, if we look at our tactical asset allocation, how have we adjusted that in recent weeks? Um, So Lorna, we've been defensively positioned for a number of weeks now. We've seen an increase in market volatility since September. There's been an acceleration of COVID cases globally, which is leading to restrictive measures being put in place, particularly across key European markets. And with regards to US politics, you know, markets began pricing in a blue wave and a more certain outcome. And we felt this was a little premature. And what would cause us to change this tactical asset allocation from here? Well, obviously, the certainty of the election result is a positive for markets. The result is not 100% certain just yet. And let's not forget, Donald Trump will remain in office until January 20th, 2021. So not all political uncertainty has disappeared yet in our minds. Obviously, we've been uh, fixated on the US election this past week. However, other risks also remain. 
the challenges of COVID-19 remain. And this is something Biden would also have to grapple with. And there are increasing signs that growth is beginning to moderate. Forward-looking indicators are less strong than before. So the need for further fiscal stimulus is becoming even more evident. But, you know, we do see some pockets of opportunity. We like the, the credit spread asset classes, such as investment-grade credit, high-yield and emerging market debt. They still provide attractive levels of carry and are likely to benefit from any additional monetary stimulus provided by the Federal Reserve. So, Remy, if I could return to you, could you please give us a sense of market drivers from here? The markets are focusing now on the chances of a quick fiscal push by year end, but the package would likely be much smaller than what the Democrats promised. The situation may change on January the 5th with two runoffs, Senate elections in Georgia. The Democrats still have this one shot at snatching a majority in the upper house, but our central scenario is of a divided Congress. And the way ahead then for Biden? We could see a purple pathway that's a mix of the red and the blues, the Democrats and the Republicans. This could blend the Democrats' liking for infrastructure investment with tough competition policies and Marcus Bates' approach to the decarbonization of the economy. That could appeal to moderate Republicans. On the bright side, there is probably no Democrat better equipped than Joe Biden to deal with a divided conquerors and cut deals along those lines. But this is a narrow path. And if the centrist avenue is blocked, the result may still be policy paralysis. And looking at the broader picture, though, the biggest issue that we all faced is COVID-19 and the uncertainty over the impact on the global economy and corporate earnings. To conclude, diversification and portfolio construction remain our principal focus in these challenging times. Thank you all very much indeed. Thanks, Donna.